We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting from the Kia Studios. It's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you on a Monday evening with you for the full four. Asking you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much. You want to listen in. Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. Take that smartphone, the Alexa speakers, the tablet, the Coleco, the Lightbrite, your Palm Pilot, BlackBerry, whatever your device is, just download on something to be able to catch us when you're on the go. Social media, find us at 9th in the Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, the best way to be a part of the show, follow us on our personal Twitter pages, at JMCH316. That is your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there producing the show on a rare Monday appearance on the other side of the glass, Dylan is here with us at underscore Dylan Naples. Dylan. Got to let the whole intro play and everything like that. So I'm in uncharted waters, Chuck. Yeah, I, don't, I know. I don't know what it feels like to be here on a Monday. Working working on a Monday. Uh, let the audience know you're here all week, right? No. No? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm, see, what I'm doing here today is I'm finishing off, and I'm just guessing, I'm finishing off my seven-day you know, in a row work week. So I've worked seven <sighs> days in a row. So then, after my seven-day work week, I get to take a Tuesday and Wednesday off, and then I'll be back Thursday and Friday. So there you go. So we don't have any shows tomorrow, then? No, you do. Oh, how about Wednesday? Yeah. Oh. All right. That's great. <laughs> Day-day will be holding it down. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. And, and I couldn't get Friday off, so yeah, it's, um, it's working out real well. Working, <laughs> hey, out, uh, working out real well. That is, that, that's out of my control. Yes, I, I understand. So... <laughs> A uh, bunch of things to get into with you here this evening. We're literally just about ready for Braves baseball here. 7.05, <clears throat> excuse me, 7.05, first pitch uh, tonight. Uh, your lineup in Philadelphia, Ronnie Dansby Olsen, Riley Darno Ozuna, Contreras will be the DH tonight, Arcia, Michael Harris, and Maximum Freed on the mound uh, here tonight as uh, 
He's been outstanding uh, this year, uh, no doubt about it. 10-3, and 3, 264 ERA. Who's this guy they're lining up against tonight? Rico Suave. Ranger Suarez, huh? 7-5 and five with a 407 uh, ERA. Doesn't strike out a whole ton of guys, only just over seven strikeouts, <clears throat> excuse me, per nine innings for uh, Rico Suave. So see if the Braves can get some things uh, cranked up and going. Game and a half back. Good weekend series against the uh, the Angels. You know, we were here Friday night when they broke through against Otani. That was probably the game most likely to not win, um, but they broke through and, and ended up just hammering uh, the Angels on uh, Friday night, picked up a win Saturday and lost yesterday. We'll talk about that here in just uh, just a second here about Ian Anderson and all that good kind of stuff. But Braves start off a game and a half back of the, uh, the Mets. So, um, look, it's, um, you know, trying to just – we talked about this last week. You, you have a chance to either take the lead or worst case scenarios, you're just you're kind of status quo, right? So the Mets are off tonight. Mets don't play tonight. They get ready for the Yankees to come in tomorrow. So more good news for the Braves as the Yankees come in. They've arguably been the best team in Major League Baseball. I mean, I don't think it's really a stretch to say they've been really good. I mean, them and the Dodgers have been the two best teams, seems like, in the American National Leagues, you know, this year. But um Yankees will come in for a quick two-game set against the Mets, and then you know they'll go back to playing the god-awful Marlins and the dreadful Washington Nationals and things like that. So, you know, Braves got to take care of their business on the road. And Philadelphia, look, it's getting to be sort of do or die for Philadelphia. If if they're really going to be in the mix for being in the playoffs and things like that, they're forty-nine and forty-six on the year, so they're at least above five hundred right now. They sit in the um, what number four. Uh, spot for the wild card. So with this expanded playoff and all that and the other, I mean, they're still right there, right? We got the, the you got the Braves, Padres, Cardinals, and then Philadelphia is a, is a game behind St. Louis. So you know, right now they're in that number four spot in the NL for a wild card, and it is the expanded playoff. So um, look, if if they're going to try to make any kind of run in the division or really try to cement a wild card spot, they got to start beating some of these these good teams and such like that. So they're nine and a half games out of the division. I think that's getting to be a pipe dream. Three and seven in their last 10. Not played all that well since Bryce Harper went down. They just got swept by the Cubs, I think it was, right? Cubs came in and swept them. And the Cubs are one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. And they came in and swept Philadelphia. So they've stunk of late. They lost to a bad team, swept over the weekend, this, that, and the other. Braves need to go up there and just kick the crap out of them, right? That's all it is, is go up there and kick the crap out of him. Now, yesterday, Ian Anderson struggled again. And, you know, I was looking at some of his numbers today. He's made 19 starts for the Braves this year. In nine of those starts, he's given up four or more runs. So <laughs> it's sort of the, the double dipping of, of uh, Ian Anderson. Number one is he's given up a whole bunch of runs, but – He's also not pitching a lot of innings. He's only got 95 innings in 19 starts thus far. And, and even, look at, even look at the last six starts that he's made, starting with his most recent start. Three innings, five and a third, five and a third, five, two innings, four innings. He's only had a handful of starts. What, one, two, three, four, five, six of his 19 starts, so less than a third of his starts. He's giving you six innings. Yeah, that's not good. Now, here's the thing. I know a lot of talk has been because he does have, I think, three options left. So the Braves could 
send him down to the minors and try to work out some things. I'm not for that. I think he's got to figure it out up here. Look, this guy's been in every big moment in Major League Baseball, right? This is what Rick Kranitz gets paid to do, is fix these guys, tweak something, whatever. He's not coming off an injury or anything like that, so it's not a matter of you can say that he's been hurt and they have to try to figure some things out. Fix him. I don't like the idea of him heading down the minors and playing that game. Back on the Partridge family bus, moving back and forth and back and forth, and if it doesn't work out, we'll try him. No, fix him while he's up here. If you need to skip a start or something, you know, need to put him on a phantom IL, right? That's been, How many times has that been done for a pitcher? Oh, ooh, my, you know, give him the Rodney. Ooh, my arm, ooh, my arm. And he goes on the 10-day IL and rests up a little bit. Whatever it is, fix him up here. I don't want him running back and forth to Gwinnett on the Partridge family bus and start getting into that because that's ne- that hasn't worked for anybody for the Braves. Jumping on the Partridge family bus and going from Buford to Smyrna, you know, on a back-and-forth basis. You know, jumping on that bus. Hey, everybody, come on, get happy. You know, even if it is powered by natural gas, right? Because it's got to be clean and efficient, you know, green energy out there nowadays, right? And it costs too much money to gas up the bus and drive back and forth from Buford to Smyrna. So he's got to figure it out while he's up here. they got to work on something. Side sessions, throwing footballs, I don't care. That's what Rick Kranitz gets paid for. Fix him. You got you got a quality major league starter. <clears throat> Fix him. Figure out what's what's different about this year. I don't like the walk total. You know, if he was about 200 innings, he'd be over 100 walks. I don't like that number. That's not a good number to walk 100 guys as a 200 inning pitcher. The um, uh, strikeout to walk ratio is concerning. You know, 81 to 48. He's less than two to one. He's got a 531 ERA at this point. So you want to put him on a phantom IL. You you want to, you know, work with him on the side. You want to skip a start. I'd rather do all those things than start sending him back and forth down to Buford. You know, go back, go back over there to Buford and be in the minors and things. Learn, learn with the guys up here. Fix him. You know, that's what Rick Kranitz is here for. Fix him while he's here. Okay? Go, I don't care. Go get Leo. Go rustle up Leo and bring him back for a little bit. Let him work, you know, with him. And, yeah, they need to get him figured out. He was their best pitcher in the, you know, the postseason last year. He's a, he's a cog in what they want to do and a big reason why they won the World Series last year. You need to figure out and get him fixed. And I'm not, I'm not for, you know, and we're going to talk about, you know, have the priorities change for the Braves of the tread deadline with, you know, obviously now we got the news yesterday about uh, Adam Duvall needing wrist surgery. You're always looking for bullpen help. Are you concerned about Anderson? Do you need another starter and this, any other? So we're going to kind of talk about the priorities for the Braves and and what they need to do here at the uh, the trade deadline. But, you know, now there's becoming some needs, right? Now there's some things, you know, popping up that you say, okay, maybe we need to get some things figured out here, whatever like that. But we'll talk about that coming up here in uh, at uh, at 720. I uh, do want to mention 740 uh, tonight. We will talk to uh, uh, obviously somebody I enjoy uh, very much talking to. We're going to talk to Eric Bischoff. Coming up here at uh, 740. Of course, the man who worked with, worked for, and worked against Vince McMahon. As uh, he, of course, ran WCW for several years. And, of course, uh, ended up in the WWE. And then, you know, was running SmackDown. And then got let go. And this, any other. But, um, uh, you know, I was listening to Eric's podcast today. So we'll talk to him at 740 tonight. And get his thoughts about uh, this change with WWE and Vince, you know, leaving uh, the quote-unquote retiring from the company. I can assure you he was not uh, 
he was not voluntarily walking away from the WWE. So, um, by the way, y'all know that Steve, I mentioned this the other night. Y'all knew Steve Coonan's on the board of the WWE, right? You know, he's part of the board of directors, Steve Coonan, the guy that talks to Dukes and Bell on, uh, on Fridays. He's part of WWE's board. So besides running the Hawks and State Farm Arena, he is also part of WWE's executive uh, board out there. So we'll talk to Eric Bischoff coming up at, uh, at 740. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, another week, another loss for Atlanta United. Again, nobody's winning on the road, it seems like, in the in MLS nowadays. Another shutout. I don't even know what to tell you about Atlanta United at this point. Do they look like a playoff team? I didn't hear Jason's interview, but they look like a playoff team. They look like a team that should be in the Eastern Conference playoffs right now. I mean, if they're going to be in the playoffs, they're going to end up on the road, and they beat nobody on the road. And I don't understand the, the lineups right now. Almada, is he in, is he out? Joseph, is he in, is he out? I don't know. I would think right now you got to put all your best guys out there at all times and just see what goes on or whatever like that. But obviously, you know, Pineda's got some kind of issue or thing, or I don't know what what the deal is at this point with Atlanta United. They they are about as unexciting and uninspiring as you can possibly get right now. And I wasn't sure if I would say that very often about Atlanta United, but they are very much a disappointment. And I can tell you, like, the last franchise in MLS right now needs to talk about being international and being this and that. Figure out how to win your league. Get back to winning games in your league. Get back to being one of the better teams in your league. Because they keep adding all these guys and things don't work themselves out. And I understand all the injuries that they've had this year, no doubt about it. But, okay, now you've got Araujo and and you got Almada and you got Joseph and you're getting shut out? I, I don't get all that. So, yeah, again, we'll see what happens with Atlanta United. Another, another loss uh, for them. Um, over the weekend, they'll get ready to play Chicago coming up on Saturday. Good news in Chicago, they're one of the worst teams in MLS. They stink. That needs to be three points. There's, we're getting to a point where um, it's time to start finding some three points. They need three points on Saturday. They need to figure it out. Not a draw, not a loss, three. Anything less than three points is a failure for Atlanta United uh, at this point. And uh, Sharif Cooper got released. Yes, their second-round pick from last year. He got released. I thought he just signed a two-way contract. So they were already going to play him, obviously, in College Park because if you sign a two-way contract, it means you're going to spend time in the G League for all of it. Then he didn't play well in uh, Las Vegas Summer League, and now he's released. So these last couple of drafts for the Hawks are working out well. huh? I mean, guys not playing, guys getting cut, this, that, and the other. All right. Need to find some young guys, man. You need to balance it out. That's why the Warriors and Celtics have been able to, to maintain, right? You draft Grant Williams, you draft Marcus Williams. You draft Looney, you draft Poole, right? You got to have those kinds of guys, some of your role players and stuff. That's part of your draft. You may not find all your superstars in the draft, but you need role players and things like that. So Cooper's gone. I understand, you know, his role would have been probably limited anyway, you know, between signing DeJounte Murray, signing Aaron Holiday, as, you know, two other guys who can run the point for the Hawks, but... He's gone now, so there's your second-round pick from uh, last year that uh, that is out. All right, when we get back, have priorities changed for the Atlanta Braves here as we get toward the trade deadline? It's all next. Chuck Green, the Key Studios. Sports right now, the game, Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, back with you on John Chuckery Show, live in the Key Studios, Monday night, 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site, catch on the go. Social media at 92 The Game, at JMCH316, at underscore Dylan Matthews. We are uh, going to talk to the former head of WCW, Eric Bischoff. Uh, we've talked to him a couple times previously. He's going to join us coming up at 740. We'll get his thoughts about the whole Vince McMahon situation, watching Braves baseball right now. Braves get out of the first. Um, no damage uh, done. Max Fried uh, rolls uh, right along there. Um, Braves, uh, uh, Rico, Suar- uh, Rico Suave struck out a couple of Braves uh, to start the, uh, the first inning. So 0-0 after <clears throat> one complete in the books. Now, we got bad news yesterday, of course, the fact that Adam Duvall is going to be out with season-ending surgery. So you add that to the list of injuries, and obviously second base has still been sort of a mishmash and a mixed bag of things for the Braves. R.C. has had good moments. You know, Cano had a couple of hits, and then, you know, he's kind of faded pretty quickly here. Um, Obviously, with the struggles we just talked about of Ian Anderson, you know, and obviously you also have to start thinking about are we going to be watching Strider in any innings limitations or work? They can say that there's no innings limitations to him, but I do think that they will monitor, and even if it means skip a start here or there, that could be a real possibility. So do you need another starter? You need an outfielder, second baseman, starter. No such thing as too many bullpen arms, right? Kirby Yates, he's back on his rehab assignment, right? He's pitching down to the minors and this and the other. Hopefully he's back soon, but you never feel like you have enough bullpen arms, right? So bullpen can be in play. And it's funny because just, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we were kind of talking on this show specifically about the idea of, I think the Braves are in pretty good shape. Then all of a sudden you get an injury here, an injury there. A guy continues to not perform, you know, wherever that is. You know, some of the replacement guys just don't do as much, and you just start kind of saying, hmm, you know, what what do we need to do now? So, you know, now at this point when I talk about priorities and, and where the Braves should be looking, I, my first thing is I think they should find themselves a, a guy who could play left field on a on a daily basis. A guy who legitimately could be a, a, a starting left fielder. The only problem with a guy like Soler is you run into, you know, you run into the same issue 
that you had with, you know, with uh, Ozuna and Rosario. How much time do you want those guys, you know, out in left field shagging flies, right? Um, obviously, these guys not not the best defenders and things like that. And to be honest with you, too, you know, and Soler's on the IL right now, but he's had decent power, but he's not driving in any runs and not hitting for any average. So, again, I, I know everybody's going to compare last year. You caught lightning in a bottle last year. You caught lightning in a bottle. How often does lightning strike twice? Now, I do like the idea of if the Giants want to move on from Jock Peterson, would like to have Jock back. I don't know if the Giants want to move on from him. I mean, you know, they got a bunch of money that they're going to spend next year, and they feel like they can still win, you know, and they're a game above 500, so they're still fighting and scratching and clawing, but wouldn't mind that. But some of the names that I've seen, you know, that the Braves may be, um, you know, that that the Braves may be looking at. I saw this um, Jordan Luplo from uh, Arizona, and I was looking up his numbers. He's batting like 161 right now. Like, huh? What? So he'll match Duvall as far as average goes. You know, hitting a buck eighty or buck sixty. I mean, at least he'd match Duvall for average. He's got eleven homers and twenty eight RBI. But look, I don't think the Braves are going to make a big splashy move. They don't have to rebuild. You know, their outfield the way that they had to go last year. And to be honest with you, Rosario and Soler weren't splashy moves until it got to be playoff time, and then those guys were outstanding. But those weren't big splashy moves. Peterson at least was a you know a, a more regular starter for the Cubs when they when they brought him in, but that wasn't, you know, a lot of people, trust me, I was on air the night that they traded for Peterson. A lot of people did not like that move. And all those moves pay dividends. But, again, what do we say? Lightning doesn't strike twice, you know, very often. And, you know, bringing back all these old names sounds good until they get here and you realize, oh, maybe that was just a, you know, one-year kind of wonder thing out of all that. I mean, again, Adam Duvall led the league in RBI last year. He led the league in RBI last year. Does he look like a guy this year who could lead the league in anything other than strikeouts? Okay, so, you know, last year doesn't mean anything about what what it is, you know, this year. So I I do think, though, the Braves are going to have to get creative and find themselves a starting outfielder with probably either help at second or reliever after that. And then to me, honestly, the idea of going out and getting another starter, I I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Look, frankly, if if you if you have to watch Strider's innings, or if you feel like you have to skip a start or two for Ian Anderson, maybe he goes on a phony IL stint. You know, he does the Rodney, ooh my arm, ooh my arm, and he goes on the on the on the IL for you know a ten day or something like that. Okay, I'm more apt to want to call up either Muller, Davison, um, who else is uh, uh, down there? Call up one of those guys first and foremost, right? That that seems to me be more where I would I would look at 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 bringing somebody up from my minor league system, yeah, Muller, Elder, um, Tucker, Davison. You know, I'm much more apt to pull from my farm system as is than I would be to go out and try to find me a veteran arm and bring him in and hope for the best out of all of it. Now, the other thing too about the Braves of the trade deadline is. You know, this ain't the best farm system in Major League Baseball anymore. Those days are gone. You know, Kyle Wright's now up here with the big club. Michael Harris and Spencer Strider were just drafted two years ago, and they're both up with the big club, right? And you gave up pieces to get Olsen. You gave up Drew Waters. You gave up, you know, Christian Pache. You've given up pieces, you know, to get some other things in. 
between last year and and this year. So, you know, the days of the Braves having, you know, one of the best farm systems in the league is is gone right now. It's not not, you know, not as deep and your top prospects are here with the club. So you don't have a lot of great assets unless you're going to start getting into established major league talent, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense to to start making those kinds of moves. You don't make those kinds of moves unless you're talking about Juan Soto or somebody of that ilk, and they ain't in the Juan Soto business. In fact, I don't think the Nationals are going to trade Juan Soto this year. I think they're going to wait till the offseason and wait till they get to the winter meetings and let teams come knocking on their door with big, big offers and things like that. You know, team team got beat in the playoffs because they needed one more bat. Okay, Soto's, Soto's a guy that would all of a sudden perk some interest up like that. So I don't think Soto's going anywhere. Trade deadline, I think it's going to be pretty uninspired trade deadline, but the Braves don't have a lot of great assets right now to be able to part with throughout their minor league organization, unless you're talking about low-level prospects that that somebody may want. And, you know, you can do that for bullpen arm help, right? You can always find a guy that is willing, as a bullpen guy, that's able to be traded uh, for, you know, bag of beans and, you know, a couple of, you know, a couple of farm-raised eggs and a slice of ham, right? I mean, you can find guys like that. But, you know, starting outfielder and things like that, okay, that's, you know, you might have to give up an asset or two for something like that. So, look, they're not going to stand pat. I know that. Braves are going to be in the business. I think some of the priority has changed, but I think you can get around some things. Do you need a second baseman? Yeah, I mean, we, we you know, yesterday Snicker was asked about Ozzie Albies and didn't give any update. So it looks like he's going to continue to be out for a while, right? So, you know, it looks like he's going to be, you know, gone for a while here. And who knows, you know, when he comes back. You know, Arcia was a good story at the, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year. But, you know, he's kind of faded here, you know, of late. And, you know, he's, uh, what, he's down at 245 on the season. Uh, you know, Cano's a nice story, but, you know, he's four for 18. And half those hits came in the first game that he played for the Braves, right? First game he started for the Braves, he had two hits in that game, right? I was I was at the beach uh, that night watching the game from the beach, and he had a couple of hits in that game. But he's at 222, and he's had a double, no triples, no home runs. So, you know, second base is kind of a black hole right now. But you're probably not going to trade for that with Ozzy coming back. You Obviously, he is your locked-in starter, you know, but and you could use some help there. Use some, you know, help at starter. Use some help in the bullpen. Use some help in the outfield. Me, I think the outfield has to be the top priority. I think right now it's prioritizing outfield help over anything else. And I'm not even really going to count bullpen help because even the best bullpens can can use more bullpen help, right? E- even even the best bullpens in baseball can always use another arm. I don't think there's any such thing as saying that you have too many good bullpen arms. You know, and there's always these bad teams that, you know, the Royals or the A's or whatever, all these, you know, chump teams that, you know, are looking to part ways with some of their, you know, good young talent or whatever like that and hope to restock the farm or whatever like that. So if you got a reliever, you know, they're usually pretty easy to get your hands on and you don't usually have to part with any high-level talent for it. Outfielders starting pitching, now you start having to get rid of some of your some of your better talent, right? Sometimes, I mean, you get into those deals where, if you want anybody of value, you have to give up some of your talent, you know, for it. So, but I think the Braves are best suited to go find themselves a starting outfielder. 
and at least maybe if nothing else, somebody who's defensive-minded, right? Maybe not the best offensive player, but somebody's at least defensive-minded so that you don't have to worry about, you know, playing Rosario or Ozuna out in left field. You have a couple of guys who can play center. Michael Harrison and Ronnie can both play center. You can run run uh, Ronnie out there if it's if you're in a pinch or something like that. And you expect Michael Harris at his age, <coughs> excuse me, to be able to uh, to be able to play straight through, right? I mean, 21 years old or whatever like that, you know, son, you got to go out there and play center field every day. You got to go track everything down in center field. So I expect him to play out the, the rest of this season in center. So I don't think you really have to worry about you got you got him and Ronnie that can play center field, and I think you're okay with that for right now. But you know, a, a guy who can be competent out in left field I, again. I'd love to have a left-handed bat because as you're going to get into matchups within your division, right, DeGrom, Scherzer, you know, obviously Snitker loves having that lefty-righty matchup. Ideally, it'd be, you know, a corner outfielder who is left-handed, who can hit left-handed or hits left-handed to go up against some of the right-handed pitching that you're going to see between DeGrom and Nola, you know, and, and Scherzer and Alcantara. I mean, you're trying to find guys that can match up against them as well. It's not a lot of great names out there. This is not a, not a you know, if, if Soto and some of these names, you know, don't get moved around, it's a pretty uninspiring class of guys that are going to get moved. And, again, the Braves aren't going to be in the Soto business. You, you're only going after Soto right now if you're like the Padres or somebody that really thinks they're about to win the World Series but is still missing a piece or two. I don't think the Braves are in that boat. I think the Braves are certainly a World Series caliber team. I don't think you have to sell off the farm to go get one of those extra, um, you know, players like that sell off the farm to to bring in a Juan Soto. So we'll see what happens, but I, I do think outfield at this point has become their top priority and then, you know, obviously getting more bullpen help uh, in here as well. Hopefully Yates and some other guys, they'll, they'll find some other guys uh, out there in the marketplace to bring in. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to the man who ran WCW, competed against Vince McMahon, then later worked for him, right? Once you can't beat him, you got to join him, right? We'll talk to Eric Bischoff coming up next. Chuck, we hanging out in the Kia Studios. Sports right now the game, Odyssey.com app. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's going to rock. Make some noise. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out at Key Studios on this Monday evening, 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media, the station's at 92 on the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Hit me up at JMCH316. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. Well, we got a bombshell of news on Friday with the announcement that Vince McMahon was retiring and stepping down from uh, all things WWE, in fact, we got the word earlier today that Triple H is going to not only be the EVP of talent relations, but he's going to take over full-time creative duties as well. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Atlanta's Ford dealers bring him to the show. Man, we've talked to a couple of times previously. His 83 Weeks podcast drops every Monday on all your favorite podcast platforms. In fact, I listened to it earlier today. His new book coming out, Grateful, is going to be coming out. You can pre-order it at uh, bischoffbook.com and get a signed copy. Pre-order that. 
written uh, in conjunction with our buddy uh, Guy Evans, who we've had uh, on the show as well. And you can follow him on Twitter, at E. Bischoff. Eric Bischoff joins us here. Eric, as always, man, thanks for a few minutes uh, in Atlanta. Crazy news. And, you know, I was with you. I never thought I would see a day in my life that Vince McMahon was not running WWE at some point. Yeah, I, it, it really, even with all the controversy and everything that's going on, I really didn't see Vince McMahon, especially voluntarily, stepping down. I, I just didn't believe it would happen. Do you think Vince McMahon's legacy is bigger in the wrestling business or in the television business? I, I, I don't think you could... I don't think you can distinguish between the two. I, th- I think as a businessman, um, what Vince McMahon has accomplished in the last, whatever it's been, 30, 40 years, uh, since he took over and bought out his father, <clears throat> to take the industry as a whole from the business model that it was and, and turn it into a multi, a $5 billion publicly held global multimedia company should never, ever be just set aside. That is a massive accomplishment. But the same thing, you could say the same thing about his impact within the wrestling you know, world. It's not only a massive business story, it's a massive wrestling story, and I don't think you can separate them. You know, the uh, the stock did really well today. I was wondering about, I, I have a few shares of WWE stock, and I don't know if you have uh, some, but, you know, it was up over 8% today. It jumped up, and it's it's up over 70 You surprised that the, the stock and the reaction has taken to it that Wall Street looked at this as, I, I guess, for at least now in the short term, a positive move? I, you know, I was, I was hopeful that that would happen. Um, I, I, I'm not invested in WWE, so I have zero stock. But I was hoping I would see Wall Street react the way they did because, you know, you talk about Vince McMahon's legacy and, and business. You know, if you look at the, the solid corporate infrastructure and foundation from the ground up that Vince McMahon has built uh, and, and overseen and orchestrated over the last, you know, 20 years, it's, it's so damn impressive. You know, when you look at the key executives and their pedigrees and resumes, it's beyond impressive. So I think, you know, when, when Vince McMahon made his decision, um, I think a lot of really smart people that understand business recognize that there is a tremendous board at WWE, board of directors. There's tremendous executive horsepower in WWE. And I don't think that they were too worried about it. Obviously, because the stock reflects that. WWE. Because of the strength of the of the team that he built. WWE Hall of Famer and former head of WCW, Eric Bischoff, joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. When something like this takes place and this kind of change in an organization and you have a lot of long-term players you know, behind the scenes, I know you're friends with Bruce and obviously Kevin Dunn has been there for a long time. Do you think that there's going to be more fallout, just that there's going to be more house cleaning or, or just when I say that, not because people have done some things wrong, but like in sports, when somebody, when a new general manager takes over, they want their people in. And I know Stephanie and triple H and Nick Khan are running it, but do you think there's going to be more cleanup and fallout to to come? No way to know for sure, but here would be my guess. You know, this is such no, no corporation, especially a publicly held one loves Medical massive change at the top, right? It's just 
the market likes stability. The market doesn't like instability and volatility. Okay, I think that's safe to say. And WWE right now, you know, it, this has been a, a, a left jab, right hook kind of a combination. You know, the left jab was all of the headlines recently and the, the, the allegations and the controversy, the speculation in the Wall Street Journal, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's, that's a lot of, that, that's a lot of uh, cluster nervousness on Wall Street, <laughs> typically. And then you get a punch, you get a, a right hook with, you know, some of the revelations that came out today and the fact that Vince actually resigned. I think WWE corporately is going to be looking for a sense of stability for the next 12 to 18 months before you see any radical changes at the top. You may see an executive or two go. More likely it'll be because of their personal choice and just they've kind of got to the end of their careers and are ready to go off and do something else or just enjoy the fruits of their labor. Uh, but I don't think you're going to see any massive, you know, top level uh changes beyond what we've seen that's, you know, my, that's a guess you know the thing i'm also curious about eric is i mean let's face it there, there have been people over the years that that don't like wwe and didn't like vince and now we're hearing things about you know real sports is going to dive back into some things and this that and the other you know vince is probably not going to get on twitter like donald trump and start firing back at people you think that this is going to be where we're going to get a lot of kind of and i'll, I'll say it low-life media people that are going to take their shots at Vince now and, and and try to get their pound of flesh out of all of this because they probably know Vince is not going to – if Vince was in front of him, he'd hit back, but he's not going to get on Twitter and social media in today's world and hit back. So do you think there's going to be pot shots coming now Vince's way and everybody looking for any little dirt under the fingernails? Why, why wouldn't they? Why would they treat Vince McMahon any different than – the general public treats any celebrity or media uh, personality uh, or, or government official for that matter that has any kind of dirt or presumed dirt or maybe they just don't like them personally, whatever. But that's, that's our culture, isn't it? Everybody, no matter what, everybody's going to look for dirt. Everybody's going to look for the worst possible story. Everybody's going to find a way or try to find a way to come up with a salacious story that was more salacious than the last 20 that we've read so far today. That's just the nature of, you know, scumbag media. <laughs> yeah. Um, you think that there'll be a celebratory show for Vince at some point on Raw or SmackDown or something? I mean, I know Stephanie came out there. And, you know, it was just kind of interesting. I, I know she had to say something, and I know they didn't have time to prepare anything. But, I mean, this is – we're talking about maybe the most important figure in an industry, in the wrestling industry, in my lifetime. I mean, I'm 50, and, and, and he's been around my entire life. I, I wonder if they will do something as a retrospective to honor Vince or if Vince just want to kind of walk away and just kind of ride off in the sunset. Oh, good question. Nobody knows the answer to that. Again, I can give you a, I can give you a couple of guesses. Uh, my first reaction to that is that, based on what I've seen and heard and experienced a little bit, uh, Vince, oddly as odd as it may sound, isn't necessarily comfortable being front and center. So I don't think Vince would have any problem just going off into the sunset, and not having any kind of reference or recognition ever again. 
that's that's I think that's what that's one of the things that I think makes you uh, Vince McMahon such an interesting and unique and weird character. He's just he's different. Um, but you know, I, I I think at the same time, but we're talking about a publicly held company in WWE. They have a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders to do do things that are in the best interests of the interests of their shareholders. That makes things different. They may want to do something right now, but given the nature of the controversy, it probably won't. Because what if something drops? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if you know you don't know where this is going, or maybe I, I assume they don't. Maybe they do. And maybe at some point you will see him. But I think as long as the controversy is, is you know, front and center and, and we're all seeing it each and every day, um, I would imagine it'll be a minute before we see that um, just from a corporate perspective. You think Vince is the kind of guy that would be a part of a board of directors for a corporation or be – you know, something in a, you know, obviously he's had his, you know, runs with, you know, the XFL and things like that. Getting involved in, in some kind of corporate environment for another business or in athletics or something else. Could you see him in any kind of role like that? Don't know him well enough, honestly. Here, here'd be my just what little I do know, what little I've seen. And, and by the way, history, um, I don't think Vince plays well with others. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I think if Vince finds something that he can grab by the throat and just throttle till it becomes successful, he might do that. But to be a part of a board or a part of a team to all roll in the same direction and, eh, I don't know, maybe. Wouldn't bet on it. You just think that, you know, say what you will about his personality, but the, the success is undeniable about about what he's done, and you would think somebody would want to, if nothing else, pick his brain, don't you? I mean, that somebody would at least, television company or whatever, you know, Dick Ebersol sitting him down and want to pick his, I mean, you would think somebody would want to pick his brain for all the success that he's had, right? I'm I'm sure a lot of people would. Um, But if you're Vince McMahon, you're 77 years old, um, you want to sit around getting your brain picked apart for a couple grand an hour? (laughs) Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> You'd probably be, rather be out on your yacht, sailing around the Bahamas, um, enjoying life and doing things that you've never allowed yourself to do because you have this psycho work ethic that demands that you grind 20 hours a day. I could think of a lot more fun things to do than sit around letting people pick my brain. You know, Eric, I'm one of the people that believes that WWE is going to be sold. And I've, I've thought this for the last couple of years that whether it's Disney or Liberty Media or what have you, that, you know, somebody that 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 eventually WWE is going to get sold. Do you think all this expedites that or you think that the family wants to stay in control of this thing still for a while? And, and let's see if we can go a different direction and, and make even a better product than what we've had over the last few years. I have no credible insight into that. I, I've, I've answered this question a couple of different times in different ways under different, much different circumstances. In my heart of hearts, I think as long as Vince McMahon is alive and, and Stephanie, especially now, especially now with Stephanie as chairwoman and co-CEO, that there's not any real rush 
to to sell this company. Would they if the right offer came along? I don't know. Ask Twitter. They have to. <laughs> You're a publicly held company. If somebody comes along and makes an offer that's in the best interest of the shareholders, it really doesn't matter what anybody wants to do. It's a public company. Um, matters what the shareholders want to do. But I don't think there's going to be any push or uh, I don't think anybody's going to expedite whatever current discovery or processes are going on. Could be wrong. I don't think so. You think, Eric, based upon what you know about Stephanie and Triple H, that they're all capable of running this thing without Vince, that, 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 that they're capable of handling? Again, you know, Vince is such a powerful figure that you know, the buck always stopped with him. You think that they're capable of handling all this? More, more than capable. Here's, here's the reality. Taking my personal feelings about any one person out of the equation. Okay, but having worked with each one of the people I'm about to mention, Triple H is now the head of creative. He's going to do a great job. Take out Triple H, insert Bruce Pritchard. Same reaction, same same prediction. Take out Bruce Pritchard, put in a guy by the name of Ed Kosky. Most people don't know him. Been there forever. He he would do a fantastic job. Take him out. You could probably plug in one or two other people that I'm just not as familiar with anymore because mm-hmm. it's been a minute since I was there last. My point is there's some just deep talent on the creative side of the business as well in the business side of the business going back to the legacy of the just the, the blue chip public company that he's built from the ground up. Um, there's a lot of redundancy of really talented people in WWE. Is this on both sides of the equation? Is this a, a, a time when AEW should be like, "Hey, look at us. We're stable. We've got." I mean, it seems like AEW should try to take advantage of all this. But I, I'll be honest. I mean, we have a great relationship with them on this on this show here with AEW. They just at times can't get out of their own way enough, and and it seems like they should take advantage, but. I don't know if they can take advantage enough of this situation. Um, I don't know that they need to. I don't know that they want to. I don't know that they're capable of it if they were. And I don't think they they know. <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I don't know what the goal is for AEW. I don't know what the vision is. I'm not sure they know what the vision is. If they do, it's not apparent to me, at least in what I've seen out of them over the last six months, especially. Um, I don't know. You know, in order to take advantage of an opportunity, you have to first off, you know, recognize the opportunity for what it is and how it benefits you, and then determine whether or not you have the resources to accomplish it. But if you can't even see what the opportunity is and define it, I don't know how you hope to achieve it. Follow him on his Twitter page at ebischoff. Check out his podcast, 83 Weeks. He talks a lot more in detail about uh, this Vince McMahon situation uh, on this week's episode, free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms. And check out his new book. It's going to be grateful. You can download it at Bischoff, uh, pre-order, I should say, a signed copy at bischoffbook.com. And uh, Eric will probably talk to you again when the, when the book comes out. We've talked to Guy Evans before on the show because obviously the Nitro book is as good as there, there is in the wrestling book world. So uh, I always appreciate you hanging out with us for a few minutes in Atlanta. Thanks as always, and uh, we'll chat here soon. All right, buddy. It was great talking to you again. Look forward to it. Yep, appreciate it. So we'll talk to Eric when uh, when the book comes out. So all good stuff uh, there. 
it's going to be interesting. I mean, it really is. And I, I don't know if we'll know anything in the short term about what WWE is going to look like because SummerSlam's coming up this weekend, arguably their second biggest pay-per-view that they have. So it's a lot to figure out, and and we'll see. I, I like the idea of Triple H running creative now. So let's see if there's anything that we notice, you know, short-term, but it may have to be more long-term. All right, when we come back to the top of the hour, we'll get into a Falcons flyover. Also, we're uh, watching some Braves baseball with you here. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Right Now, the game, Odyssey.com app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.